dropping that knowledge on you. I could not make this shit up. With Kev Nash. Oh, Hercules, Hercules. And DJ Killer Kev. Uh-oh. Let me tell you, boys, you can't make that shit up. The inside. Real deal, straight up. Are you crazy? Hottest <laughs> stories from the world of hip-hop. This is ludicrous. It's the big boss, Rick Rouse. What up? It's your boy, Young Jeezy. This is 50 Cent. Sports. Some of those dogs are the most incredible dogs I've ever seen. And what's popping in the DYT. I couldn't make this shit up. I couldn't make this shit up if I tried. I'm sad that I lack the talent to make this shit up. Here's Kev Nash and DJ Killer Kev. Podcast Sunday. <laughs> You're probably listening to this podcast on Monday, Tuesday, but we tape on Sundays and we yeah. tape a little bit early today. We did. Somebody came on came Podcast Sunday early. Yeah, man. It's uh, 8.36 in the morning on a Sunday. Yeah, we, getting we, it in. we out here. Kev Nash. DJ Killer Kev. Episode 139. <laughs> <laughs> Our horns are the shit. Yeah, big facts, big facts. <laughs> what happened with you this week? Man, been busy uh, trying to get uh, things in order. Um, I have, for those that have been listening, our avid listeners, y'all probably know I've been doing this entrepreneur thing for a minute. And uh, I got some friends, man, that uh, got a little faith in me and uh, see some uh, ability to both utilize some of the things I bring to the table and also assist me in uh, bettering myself. Yeah. So they uh, own a few businesses around town and got a few, you know, things moving that's going to be happening for them in 2019. And uh, I got hired, man. I got a job. So I'm uh, actually going to be doing quality control. I'm a quality control guy working underneath the CEO at a place called Dayton Frozen Solutions. It's there a it is, brother. Distribution company downtown. So I'm excited. Start that Tuesday. It's going to be a good time uh, working for myself in a sense and uh, hired on a like, like consult. So okay. kind of like I look at it as like a paid internship in a sense. Like it's income. You know, it's definitely going to be income that I definitely need. And uh, so it's gonna be a, it's a new world for me. So mm-hmm. I've never done anything like this, and uh, I'm excited to see that's what happens, dope, bro. So, that's dope. Yeah. I will say this, man. You know those memes that come out the uh, Monday blues or the damn it's only Tuesday with people drinking already. <laughs> 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 those are real because I know you ain't uh, quote unquote punched a clock for somebody else since your days at the VA. Yeah. You ready for that life again? I am because uh, this actually is, is different in the sense of it's not for somebody else. It's, it's for me. Okay. You know, the, I uh, actually been working with them for a little bit now and uh, just being around, showing face and uh, trying to learn their world. And uh, they helped me um, over the holidays, uh, helped me get the LLC. Okay. So I got all that going. And uh, they're in the process of purchasing a construction company and, you know, doing some other things. And, uh, they kind of just needed – well, they saw a benefit with me being a disabled vet and in that world of getting contracts and, yeah. you know, the, just that whole world. Um, I could be useful and I could be doing something with – just instead of sitting on the couch being a disabled vet. So <laughs> I'm uh, I'm trying to learn something different and uh, spend some time doing a multitude of things. So I'm going to be learning um, – they got an edible arrangement business that's opened up in Kettering in, okay. the, in the spring. So they're they're closing on that now and uh, getting things ready. So I'm Dope. helping with that, helping just be like a little hybrid employee. <laughs> so, but it really is an employee for myself in the sense of I'm not necessarily there as their employee. I'm there as more of a business partner in the sense of that we're gonna we're gonna ride this wave and learn together and see what we can do. Take it to so, the top, yeah, brother. man. I'm excited. Take it to the top. Me, I had a solid week, man. Um, Friday night, 
I was back hosting the club. Oh. Shouts out to Brandon over there at Napoleon's. Okay. Was over there on Friday. Was he DJing yet? I've been seeing the Facebook post. He wasn't spinning yet. Okay. He was uh he was busy getting them bottles out. Yeah. <laughs> like, you yeah. bottle? Yes. You got it? Yes. Let's get these bottles out. Let's get these. <laughs> yeah, all right. Need some more. Need and some I more. think I think he spins on like those uh those Tuesdays and like the um the Thursday nights, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When it's a lighter crowd, I think he leaves those crazy Friday and Saturday nights up to uh, the professionals. Yeah, I'm, I'm like a I'm, I'm like a Google search in, in the sense of I'm scrolling through Facebook and if I see the word DJ, uh-huh. I gotta stop, see what they talk about, check out a couple comments, see what they see what's going on. So I just happened to see something about looking for a DJ and somebody had tagged him and it posted up like Brandon White, you know, to do it. And <laughs> I can't read him like, he DJing now? So I'm Man. reading. <laughs> so we was over there on Friday. So I get, I take the truck back to the station, and I get home, and I shut it down. So I get up, cause I'm gonna go to spin class on Saturday. Huh. So yeah, trying trying to stay <laughs> trying to stay with it. So alarm goes off at uh six thirty. So I go to spin class. I come home. I'm home by eight thirty. Jump in the shower. About to take a little power nap. Uh-oh. I get a call from the homie Ryan Drake. Uh-oh. I'm like, Drake don't call this early unless it's a problem. <laughs> like, hopefully everything's kosher. Like, yo, what's good? Drake sounds like shit. Uh-oh. Like, yo, I need some help. I need some help. I was like, dude, you high? <laughs> it was like, yeah, no, I'm just sick. Hey, man, I so need you. So you tied up somewhere. <laughs> I need, exactly. You know, in a basement? <laughs> and like, I need you to handle uh my remote. Uh, today at noon, like, can you handle that for me? I was like, for sure. Like, more money, more money, more money. <laughs> right. That's cool. I can do that. And I look at the clock. I'm like, all right, there won't be a nap because I got to go back to the station, pick up the truck. Right. And then it dawns on me, like, oh snap! I also have another event at three o'clock at the beauty salon. Uh. So this one goes from noon to two, and then I got another one from three to five. So I'm like, well. Told the wife, like, yo, uh, good news, bad news. Good news, about to get some money. Bad news, I ain't going to be home until, like, 6, 6 o'clock. <laughs> I'm about to bounce. It's like, but she had a, um event with her job that day, so she was gone all day yeah. as well, so it wasn't a really big they're, deal. They're just with TV time, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nap so time, TV time. go handle one event all the way up in Springfield. Go handle another event in Dayton. Come home. Hit up Roosters. We bash some roosters watching a little bit of TV. Shoot, by 7.30, your boy is like dozing off. And roosters? Do- no, no, no. We was at the crib. We was at the crib. I thought that would have been hilarious. <laughs> like, woo. We on the couch dozing off. And, she, you know, we got this laundry list of movies we want to watch and things we want to, you know yeah. what I'm saying, check out on Netflix and everything like that. She's like, so what you want to watch? I was like, I'm going to keep it real. If we start something, I'm not going to finish, bro. I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling a little woozy over here, G. And she's like, well, you need your rest. I was like, let me chill for a second. Man. Get a little second burst of energy because it was a UFC fight on that I wanted to watch. Yeah. Now, I'm not the biggest UFC fan, but I know this card was huge. Yeah. Now, this is like the one to watch. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to watch this UFC fight. It's like, what time that starts? Like, uh, 10 o'clock, 1030 maybe. And she's like, mm. She gave me that look. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be cool. By 8.15, I'm like, all right, I'm going to holler at you tomorrow. Right. <laughs> I dapped up the wife and went to bed. I was KO'd by 8.30 last night. That was exactly my same story. Because, because they had to get up so early for competition. My girls had a color guard 
and they had to go to another center. So they were up by 5.30 putting on makeup and getting themselves together. Very long day. I had a day with the baby. And um, keep it all the way funky with the pie. I know it's podcast Sunday. Facts. Me and the wife, we had uh, plans for the evening, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so we're trying to coordinate children's sleeps and get things in order. Right. And the baby's putting up a fight. You know, she just, daddy, let's play. She trying to, you know, do something, do something. So I go get out of the room for a second. I'm trying to text her like, she's sleep yet? Let's uh, let's make these moves. You know, it's early morning podcast Sunday tomorrow. And uh, she was like, yeah, just come on in here. So I came in, laid down, and she was like, about five minutes, we're going to move her. You know what five minutes turned into? 5.30 a.m. wake up today. Wow. We was not. <laughs> Baby stayed in the bed all night. She got the free ride in the king size. So, <laughs> yeah, man. That's how it be when you adulting. Oh, that's man. That's how it be. You adult gotta, life, man. Yeah. Speaking of adult life, these baseball players, bruh. Ooh, they are. Uh, hey, baseball players, I know we like basketball. I know we like football. Baseball players getting that money, bro. Getting that money and getting to where it's at, man. Man, Manny Machado. Ten mm. years, three hundred million dollars to the Padres. Ten years, three hundred million. Now, Pujols had one of them big yeah. ten, fifteen year, twenty year. It was huge. I forget wasn't, what his it was something was, like, but, but it was, was two hundred in that two hundred range. Yeah. But I learned this. Um, actually, I learned this surprisingly at ICB. What's up, ICB? But um, <laughs> I learned that like. When these TV contracts, like when they're when they're going like the every ten years, every fifteen mm-hmm. years, whatever they are, ESPN, CBS, you know, Fox, all these contracts, they're just growing. Yeah, Th- that market is is just is growing. So like these that new TV contract or new contracts that they had, it's, it kind of put a lot more money in the pot. Yeah, that's what happened with the NBA. Where was it, like. Two, not probably like three, four years ago, when everybody and their mom was getting max deals, like. When Evan Turner got a max deal, and he was like, why is Evan Turner getting a max <laughs> right. deal? It's because the money's there. Like, yeah. uh, we got it. We got to spend it exactly. more or less. So that's why dudes get these influx of cash money like that. Mm-hmm. But for a sport that is, quote, unquote, dying yeah. with younger people or whatever, to see these type of numbers, to see Bryce Harper get 13 years, $330 million Yo, dollars saw, from the Phillies. I hope I still got this screenshot. It's I, crazy. I saw a post, man. It it broke down his money that he's going to get like per plate appearance and then like <laughs> per every game. And every game, bro, was like 145 k is what it broke down to. It was like it was something in that range of he getting like 42000 every plate appearance, 145000 every at bad or something to that standard but it was just the dumb the numbers were stupid <laughs> for it to be that much that much my 13 my question to you is with that bro mm-hmm. if you got a, a raise that of, much? of 13 years <laughs> yes yes 13 years 330 million dollars okay mm-hmm. now you like what you do mm-hmm. and you like bet i'm just i'm just secure where i'm at i'm in sunny san diego i'm in Woo. i'm in i'm in hard uh the Illadelphia. Yeah, the the still the the still uh, living life of uh, Philly, but regardless, I'm secure, right? Right. How much effort are you really going to put into those next 13 years, knowing that money is locked in? I, and baseball is a tricky sport because in baseball there's no salary cap, so that's why these numbers get so crazy for the best players. 
Um, I guess it all depends on how well the team is doing. Like, I mean, it's 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 human nature to be like, oh man, we suck, whatever. But I guess that's where these guys are professionals and have these other goals in mind. Like, all right, they want to make the All Star game because there's incentive there. There's a, a financial incentive to make the All Star game. There's incentive to be a Golden Glover. There's incentive to hit over 300. There's incentives in your contract to hit X amount of home runs. And ultimately, there's the ultimate incentive of being a champion. All right, if we're not good enough to win our division and make the playoffs, all right, I want to be, I want to put up X amount of numbers to be a Hall of Famer because yeah. if I'm a Hall of Famer, I can go on this circuit and do autograph signings and keep the money rolling Get Bob in. Romo on or, uh, yeah. you know, who, uh, whoever, the Brantley for the Reds, yeah. uh, just kind of like, sit back in the booth and but talk I mean, about it. When you say numbers like that, three hundred thirty million dollars, like that, that is something that does cross your mind. Like, dang, how how motivated could I possibly be in the the heat of the summer? Yeah, like July and August, you out in the outfield at four o'clock in the right. afternoon. The humidity is banging. You out there trying to catch a little ball, but I guess that's what it all comes back to. Like, it's a game, and we all love to play games as kids. See, right? we do that. That's that's that, that, that's. Part of where I'm leading to that for me, bro. I think that changes once that kind of money come in play. Like when we're younger, we envision being great at the sport we love, or one day I'm gonna be in you know, the pros or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever that dream might be. And once you get close to that, maybe that dream turns into like you say, I want to be an all star. I want to be a great. I want to be recognized as one of the greats in this sport. I feel like once I'm clearing 165 milli. <laughs> You know, after all, I got to pay these people. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I, I, I just feel like the the cousin's wedding that's going to be in uh, April, May, that I can't be in or go to. Like, I just feel like certain things they're going to miss a part yeah. of life. When 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 we as 30-year-olds start start getting married, having kids, having life-changing things, you know, it's around that at those ages that these guys is getting secured and they prime of their sports. Yeah. You know, so... I just be wondering how much does greatness weigh over I'm already eating cuz like I just feel like you could just get fat and ride the wave not saying like immediately like of course of course you're going to be motivated a couple years you're in a new spot but yeah. 13 years is a long time a long investment for someone to be like you're 11 bro you better be great right like that's what I'm talking about like how much how, how long is too long because it's going to spill over to Bro, y- y'all, this this fifty thousand I'm gonna get for All Star, one hundred fifty thousand. Bro, I just blew that last week with the bros. <laughs> like I ain't I ain't worried about it no more. Well, I know in <laughs> baseball it's a lot different from all the other major sports. They have a lot of pressure from the um the union, the baseball union, for the best players to take the most amount of money. Oh, really? Because if say. I don't know, say, all right, in a couple years when Mike Trout becomes yeah. a free agent, he's the best player in the league. So we're going to see him get $400 million. <laughs> yeah, he's going he's gonna to get that. He's going to command that because he's that good of a baseball player. But if he pulls the, I don't know, just say, oh, I want to play with, I don't know, I want to play for the Phillies and I want to play with him like the NBA guys yeah. are doing and taking discounts. It disrupts the whole system. Okay. It, it messes everything up. It messes it up for yeah. the utility players like a Raja, Raja Davis. You okay. know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. Raja Davis could walk down this hallway and nobody know who the hell he is, but Raja Davis got bread. Yeah. 
know what I'm saying? So if you play for the Dragons, yeah, he used to be a Dragons guy. He was the Yankees. Yeah. So if if you start messing it up for these utility players that aren't making these gazillion dollars yeah. then it's gonna have that trickle down effect and these players they're not gonna be in the baseball they're not gonna be playing no more so it's important for them to always take the highest that they can get huh. so it's I guess a, when you break it down like that that would kind of destroy the Dragons market if you got three superstars on a team yeah. commanding big money and yeah. now and that's and that's where the, that's where the whole old school saying uh, the trickle down effect yeah. comes from. Like that's that's how baseball operates. Like, well, yeah. we want to make sure our best players get the most amount of money and they don't have a salary cap. But it's it's crazy. It is insane. 13, I mean, thirteen years, three hundred and how old is Bryce Harper? Got to be twenty five, maybe twenty four. Like twenty seven. Okay, so he'd be forty. When this is all said and done, in that range, I get the bag. Get the bag. Get the bag. Uh, get the like, bag. Yeah. Man, hey, more power to him. And baseball money guaranteed is another sport. Yeah. yeah. So if you got a child that got a little athletic ability, you know, me <laughs> myself, I thought I was Chris Sable until I was about 14. <laughs> I was going to be a red. I had, I wore the goggles, played third base, couldn't tell me nothing. Um, I wish I would have stayed playing baseball, bro. Because baseball, you know, baseball that I always hear for the girls' side, um, I took my girls out to the golf course for the first time in 2018 mm-hmm. and just let them see if they liked it. Just let them hee-hee-ha-ha around for a little bit. And uh, a guy walked over to me and uh, said, man, you keep them at this, and you're not pay for no college for them. Yep. He was like, there's schools that are like, they're they're hunting for anybody that can remotely get the job done because we got to get these scholarships out or we got it to give, you know. So a lot of like women's tennis, women golf, are sports that uh are doing well for like the women's tennis is one of the highest paid sports for women, you know. So I'm gonna have to figure out something because uh yeah man you got three of all oh, yeah. three of y'all. I'm gonna have to go through three <laughs> tweet sixteens, three graduations, three hopefully marriages and. But who yeah, knows you what? bring that up because um I was talking with a former Ohio State uh football player is just talking about he does um. He's a former place kicker for the Buckeyes. Okay. And he was telling me about, um, like, he has three good little girls. Uh, his one daughter plays soccer. His one daughter plays softball. One daughter plays basketball. And it was like, those sports are great. It's like, but he really wants them to do other sports as well. Yeah. But they love these sports so much. And he's just bouncing around all over the place. But, um, is like there's scholarships like you were saying like for these like for bowling mm-hmm. like for females like they they have the money allotted that they have to give to somebody yeah it's like, I left it, out the ticket of being African American exactly you know? <laughs> it's like it's like he was talking to one of these coaches um at one of these schools is like look if your daughter can uh average a 150 in bowling she's gonna get a full ride scholarship that's crazy. She's gonna get a scholarship to whatever. Hey, I had a they, one because they have to fulfill it. The, they gotta fulfill it. Yeah, I had a one seventy three in my Saturday Bolero League over there on the Sepatala <laughs> back in the day. I, I have two friends that are professional bowlers right now. From really, that league. Uh, one guy named George Gohagen. He's one of only thirty people. I think th- last time I looked, thirty ish people. He bowled an eight ninety nine. In a tournament play, so he was one pin away from a, like a perfect wow. 300, 300, 300. So he's uh, 
They have articles about him in the paper. He's a trial with grad. Good friend of mine. What up, GG3? Professional bowler. Uh, what's dude's name? Pete Weber. Yeah, he he, he bowled tournaments with him. Really? Like, he's, he's on that level, bro. Like, Damn. His occupation is I bowl and he work at like a shop where they make drill drill holes and get bowling products and distribute. And he's a professional bowler, bro. He eats at bowling alleys. It's crazy. <laughs> My wife, wife's family, <laughs> they are like super bowlers. Yeah. My father-in-law, he's bowled multiple 300 games. Uh, the wife's cousin I guarantee is a super bowler. The area, they, they know who George Gohagen is. Really? I guarantee. I guarantee. Man, it's it's crazy. Like <laughs> it, you look at the ball, you hold the ball in your hand, you're like, oh yeah, I can hit those pins, and you roll it down there, and it goes in the gutter. Like I'm terrible at bowling. Mm-hmm. Like like whenever I get like a hundred, that's a good game for me. <laughs> I think I, I've always lived my life like trying to be different than others. I think it's because I had a white mama in a black <laughs> you know neighborhood. But like for bowling, I always would be on the left hand side for like the left hand people to bowl. And I would bowl it what they call like the the Brooklyn side or whatever, like the back door side okay, of yeah, yeah. a right hander is supposed to be aiming for. That would always be my bowling. And I, I got to where, you know, I was never great at bowling, but I got to where like I wasn't the last guy on the board and I could survive I could be in the Saturday little junior high school league that was pretty competitive and I wasn't walking in getting oh, here come Cam, you know, I wasn't that kid. So Dude. I just I just stayed average in the pack. I had a few a few good strikes when needed, helped the team out type deals. But uh Tim Williams is the buckeye kicker I was talking to, by nice, the way. Nice. But uh no, nah, like if you want to check me out on the Wii bowling, I'm a beast on there. I'm I'm two fifty plus on there. Oh yeah. My my pause, but my, my ball is sparkling on Wii Bowling, for sure. For sure it's sparkling. Man, oh man, but you said you was watching the NFL Combine. Man, I had to go check that out, man. I um, was sitting at the house with the baby trying to, you know, figure out how I'm going to move for the day and what I'm going to get done. And uh, that ended up being cleaning up the floor and moving stuff around. And I got an alert from a Bleacher Report, uh, the guy from Ole Miss. I still, D, DK uh, or DG, DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf. Um, I had got this alert probably, you know, the week prior because he's been in the news with his 1.6, 1.9 body fat. Uh, Dude. Ran a, ran a 4.33 was like the alert. Like you won't believe his time was yeah. like the alert. At that size, that height, that weight. And uh, the, I saw a picture. They they have a side-by-side of uh, Garrett, mm-hmm. the Cowboys of Garrett, yep. right? A picture of him side-by-side, and uh, they're, they're very similar in – and girth, you know, yeah. <laughs> they they're very similar, but one's a receiver and one's a defensive end. Yeah, so it's crazy how uh, and even when he moved, he just moved like the remind me of like the guy from uh, the Rocky, the white dude from Russia. <laughs> like he just had this Ivan Drago, very militaryish run, but it was going. And uh, he ran a four three three and a four three nine, I believe it was, or four three eight. But man, so that led me to having to check out. I wanted to see the other receivers. Facts. And I end up finding the perfect 16 minute, perfect for the shitter clip. <laughs> you can just kind of fast forward through the ones you want to see. And uh, it had all the receivers from the whole Columbine, all their runs, first and second runs. And then some of them just ran once. But uh, all that footage was there. So I checked out some Buckeyes. And uh, we got we got some guys that's uh, got some uh, got some oohs and ahs at the Combine. So. I hate the Combine. Why? Why? I, I despise the NFL Combine. I almost hate. The NFL Combine more than I hate highlight clips of high school students. Mm. Please because elaborate. I hate 
it it was well okay so the homie Ryan Drake is a huge Buckeye fan just like everybody else in Ohio Orange. as you should be I O but he'll get enamored with the check out this kid's highlight tape and he busts an ADR run or he catches it and he's wide open as a touchdown. I'm never impressed. Because you saw five guys in Cleveland Heights do the same. Nope. Okay. I'm not impressed because it's a highlight tape. It's supposed to show your highlights. <laughs> it's supposed to grab you your think, attention? Yeah. Okay. You think they're going to show him like the things he can't do well? Right. Like, I don't get impressed by that. Okay. When you, okay, the, the, the coaches at Ohio State did a, their due diligence in recruiting you. Mm-hmm. Holla at me when you get to school. Show me something when you are on Ohio State's field making plays. Yeah. All this stuff that you're doing here doesn't mean anything to me. It does nothing for me. So, which leads me to the NFL Combine. Just because you can run a 4-3. On that day. On that day. Okay. Doesn't mean you can play football. Very, very true. Willie Galt was a track <laughs> star. He's not in the NFL yeah. anymore. He's not in the Hall of Fame. Know who ran a terrible 40? Jerry Rice. He's the greatest football player of all time. Well, wow. Look, look at, look at, I don't know. Okay, Emmitt Smith. Yeah. Slow as molasses. Yeah. He's the all-time leading rusher in the NFL. That's true. These dudes are, this is just shows your athleticism. It doesn't show that you're a great football player. Yeah. Now, okay, so you did make two great valid points. I will say I like the combine in the sense of I like it, but I don't like it for how much weight it holds. Okay, because I do like to see what you can do, but I I don't think it should be like because I was projected to run a four eight and I ran a four five. My life changes today. Fair, like that's the stuff that I kind of question. But it happens for some of these guys that just because on paper you ran that you know you did twenty seven bench presses and we thought you were going to do nineteen. Right? Oh, you strong, strong. Yeah, we want you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I I believe, like, that some of the stuff does mean something. I don't really believe that a 40 time is the end all be all. Like, okay, let's take Paris Campbell, Ohio State receiver. He ran like a 4 3 2 or something like that, ran a great time. But if you follow the Buckeyes like you're supposed to, you would already know, like, oh man, he was in Ohio, in high school, he was the 100. Uh, meter dash champion in Ohio. Yeah, he was super fast when he gets the ball at Ohio State. <laughs> Duh, he's gonna run super fast and he at the combine. Know how this track that yeah, works too. he knows how to run. What you should be impressed by what Paris Campbell did is the gauntlet drill, where throughout his whole career he had struggles catching the ball, and he's a receiver, so a receiver has to be able to catch the ball. Yeah, he was flawless through the gauntlet drill. Nice, but. People don't get enamored with, oh, he caught the ball. Well, it's kind of a requirement for a receiver. So I'm impressed that Paris Campbell was great at the gauntlet drill. I'm impressed that he was good at running routes. That's what I'm impressed by. I could give a rip that he could run fast. I already knew he could run fast. I already knew he's probably going to be the fastest dude there. Now, the Metcalf dude... That's insane. (laughs) Like, (laughs) there there comes a line. I think when... When you're a prospect for the NFL and, like, let's take, uh, what's the dude name from Missouri a couple years ago? Um, Sam, uh, the defensive end. Oh, uh, uh, Darnold? Uh, no, no. Um, I don't want to say this, but I'm out there. The gay dude. <laughs> oh, um, 
We'll think about it. Like yeah. the wife said, we need a fact checker. But anyway, <laughs> his last name was Sam. He came out as gay. Whatever, whatever, whatever. He led the SEC in sacks, but he wasn't projected to be a high pick. So he needed the combine to show that he is athletic enough mm. to play in the NFL. The combine results showed that his athleticism wasn't as high as every wasn't high just like everybody thought it wasn't. Right. Hence, he wasn't a high pick. Hence, he's not in the NFL. So, well, if he didn't do that combine, somebody might have took a risk on that. No, but he had to do the combine because oh, to get the looks. To, yeah, gotcha. like he's saying, I am super athletic. Let me show you. And no, you're nah, not bro. super athletic, <laughs> which is fine. You still led the SEC in sacks. I still think he probably should have made the NFL a lot longer than he was. But that's no yeah. here or there. But when like okay, so you want to have your your stats and your production match your athletic ability. So, like, I really don't know too much about the Metcalf kid. I really didn't watch Ole Miss play. Yeah. But just say, for instance, like, all right, he put up a thousand yards receiving, ten touchdowns, and blah 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 blah. Like, all right, that production matches his athleticism. Let's do it. Or just say, oh man, he had about twenty five catches for. Uh, 300 yards and he had 12 drops throughout the season and he blows the combine away and like oh man he's gonna jump to a first round pick that's how people get fired yeah yeah <laughs> that's how dudes get fired like yo well yeah he's a super athlete now what <laughs> right. give me a football player over a super athlete any day so yeah I think I think for me I, I've had a hard time staying invested in college sports because oh, college because sports. of the of the uh, my friends and uh, people that I've heard of in my area are out of college and uh, long gone. So now it's their kids coming up soon. Mm-hmm. But I just I had a hard time staying invested. So like I live in a world where highlights is what I see in representation of most college basketball, college football. I, it very I probably I'll sit down and watch the random time the Raiders is on TV or the Flyers is on TV more than I'll watch Duke or Syracuse or whoever. How dare you? Like I'll, <laughs> I'll watch the Homer teams play. And um, it's just... Michael Sam, that was his name. Oh, Michael yeah, yeah, Sam, yeah, yeah. yeah, there we go. It's just, I think the combine is, is, is needed for exposure for people like the people that might go to the UD or that might go yeah. to the to the small school and and got going can do it, but like you say, it shouldn't be just because I broke the record at the combine in the forty that you know I'm a whole different prospect. So what you can run a go route, bro? Yeah, we got there's there's a guy from every combine that was barely beaten that close to that record within a tenth of a second yeah. or a one second, you know like. Close enough to be right there with you in that route. You yeah. Know? <laughs> so yeah, I mean, there's people fast too in the NFL, so that shouldn't be the thing. But it is, and people love it. And oh uh, yeah, I mean, it does crazy race. Yeah. Just like I mean, it's the perfect time to come on. I mean, it, it comes on this this weekend. It's just like you. You were with the little one. Mm-hmm. You know, all right, I'm getting introduced and, to most of these guys yeah. at, at the combine. Honestly, yeah, you turn it on. Like all right, it's something you got on in the background. Yep. You as you're cleaning up the house. And, I mean, it serves its purpose. But, like, I think the biggest thing is, like, you found the clip just, like, basically show all the drills. Yeah. Like, skip all the rigmarole. You yeah. watch the interviews. or I think that's the biggest thing that the organizations get out of the combine is they get all the prospects 
in one place. Mm-hmm. You can see them. You can interview them yeah. and go from there. And I think the them doing all the drills is just like a a bonus because yeah. like yeah, when you get into those passing drills, yeah, that that matters. The catching the ball drills, but just running the forty, I just don't get enamored with that or the vertical jump. But the, like the three cone drill, that shows your ability to shift mm-hmm. and change directions and show your explosiveness. But running a straight line, yeah. For forty yards, I mean, what does when is a offensive tackle going to run forty yards? <laughs> when he chasing that dude, he ain't gonna catch no way. Exactly. If I was an <laughs> offensive tackle, if it's a pick, if it's an interception on the other side of the field, I'm running to this, the nearest guy that has a different jersey, and we're gonna fall together. <laughs> this is the super <laughs> ultimate slow trot. Right. Right. It's man. I wonder how many people have been hurt by the combine. Like and hurt, hurt, question. hurt in the sense of like the interview process. You just had me thinking about it. Like the interview process. You know, we come from the hood. I'm the dog around here. You need me, dog. Like you know, like just coming there with sure. that attitude. And nah, this ain't gonna fit us up here in Seattle, bro. We ain't on <laughs> that up here. I'm sure there's been. I'm sure there's been hundreds of dudes that bomb their man. combine interviews. I mean, there's dudes that come in there overweight, even though you know that you're mm-hmm. going to be. Uh, performing at the NFL Combine. Because they got that check from that bolster. Yeah. They've been living. Yeah, they get they get signed <laughs> up with an agent. The agent throw them a couple dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, dudes that go there and fail drug tests, even though you know that they're going to be testing. Like, it's 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 things yeah. that people do. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's what people do, man. It is. So, bro. What up? I don't know how much you've been keeping up with this Jordan Woods Chloe Tristan Thompson situation. Are you up to speed on this? Um I am uh, able to pass a test. <laughs> but I don't think I would uh, be, you know, top of the class. Okay, short super short version. Tristan Chloe together, baby. Jordan is best friends with Chloe's sister, whichever one it is. I Kyle. don't know. But see, look see? at you. You about to pass this with flying colors. See average. She goes to said party that's at Tristan's house. Allegedly, they have a little makeout session. Yeah. It gets back to Chloe. Chloe and Tristan are going through it. Jordan Woods actually lived with the one Kylie. sister. There you go. <laughs> she gets the boot up out of her house. Now she's not homeless, but she's just like in yeah. limbo because she was basically riding the wave of the Chloe. She moving from Calabasas to Malibu. Yeah, she's riding wow. the Kardashian <laughs> wave, modeling their clothes, working with them, being with the a crew, part of the, yeah. being a part of the universe. Of the uh, probably most popular family in the world. Right. One of so. The short version, she goes on Red Table Talk, which is hosted by uh, Jada. And uh, Will has known Jordan since she was a little girl because her dad used to work on Fresh Prince. So basically the girl says, like, all this stuff that they're saying isn't true. We didn't make out. There wasn't a major hookup. We were drinking. Everybody at the party was drinking. I was leaving. He gave me a peck on the lips, and that was it. And... Now I'm the scum of the earth. I'm a homewreck. Yeah. So I want to attack this from a different angle because neither one of us was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to attack this from the angle of being guys, especially in our younger days, yeah. much, much younger days. Oh, yeah. We've all done things to a person we care about that we wouldn't do today. Fact. 
We all look back at like, man, that was dumb. Why would I do that to the person that I love? That was dumb. I wouldn't do that today. I'm not that same person. Yeah. But obviously Tristan don't want to be with this girl because he keeps doing these things. Fact. He keeps on <laughs> doing it. So them being mad at the Jordan girl, obviously because she's supposed to be a friend in the family, you, you crossed the major line. But what's the pimp saying? Don't check me, check your bitch. Yeah. The checking needs to be done at Tristan. Because he has multiple offenses yeah. in the department of being too overly zealous and uh, <laughs> other women. Yeah, he's he's the major problem. Yeah, we'll deal with her later. Mm-hmm. Y'all cut her off, that's fine. But the problem is Tristan. Yeah. He's the one doing the line stepping. Yeah. He's out here motorboating chicks at the hookah <laughs> bar. He's out here like think that, yeah, he's going to actually get this off. you actually going to cheat with your sister's. Your girl's sister's best friend. Yeah. And get that off? See? Bruh, you got, if you're going to be playing in these streets, yeah. you got to be more careful than that. You, 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 he has to feel like, oh, because they're here too at this party, I'm good. Like, and not saying this right, because something in his mind has to make him feel like a weight is lifted off of his shoulders for him just to be wilding out. Or, like you say, he just don't give a fuck. Got to. Because... They should be mad. Well, Kylie has a right to be mad at Jordan for kissing her sister's dude, right? Right. But I didn't know until five days into this because <laughs> this is all an ongoing this was saga. over a kiss. Yeah, I thought he doesn't smash the smash the well, little allegedly, sister's friend. Allegedly, the hot little the hot little sister's friend. <laughs> allegedly, hey, the, that's another rumor that he really did take her to Pound Town. Yeah, but we don't know. We don't know. But what we do know is they kiss, right? That 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 has been confirmed, and we know that he's motorboating someone else. That is also confirmed. There's footage all, of that. All in the time frame, my two and a half year old's been alive. Yeah, he out here living for the city, man. And he in the league. Yeah. And he and he whipped some people that got money too. Big facts. Who do you think has more money? Kardashians for sure. Kardashians for sure. Okay. Motherfuckers is paid. So, Jack. Yeah. So, but he ain't hurting either. No, nah, he good. He good. He good. He got guaranteed NBA money. Shouts out to LeBron for getting him that contract. I think this relationship is for the show, bro. When you break it down, you got two people that got a child together, right? Uh-huh. And they supposedly have been off and on in boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. Mm-hmm. But they ain't trying to like, well, it, it appears that they ain't, they ain't trying to really hone down on this here home front and make this a thing because they just kind of live in life. Right. Chloe might, or, uh, or uh, Court, what the one that his baby mama <laughs> yeah. might, might not be as much. She's kind of been a, just a victim of this, why is my life so bad, you know? Quote, unquote, victim. <laughs> new, yeah, new TV talk for next season. Right, and that's what it is, man. Like, when you bring up the conspiracy theory, like, all right, the new show is supposed to start in, like, a couple weeks. So they've been recording. Yeah, they've been, the camera's been rolling. This is probably going to be the finale of the episode. Exactly. This, this week right here we're living. So, so this, is, this is just, like, I mean, I I saw something on YouTube where they was talking about how it just so happens every year something major happens as the new episodes are about to start. <laughs> that's not 
That's not normal. Yeah. And see, yeah. Bro, this has to be for the for the for the show. It has to be because there's no way someone is gonna like willingly get bashed twice because he's gonna have to do it right now. Mm-hmm. He's gonna do it in November when his season finale <laughs> aired and they got the live. Let's talk about it episode. Right. And everybody tweeting. Tristan ain't shit. Right. You know, he wants to redo this all over again in a couple and months. The, and the Jordan girl, too. Exactly. So it's like they have to be, it has to be a lot less heart involved, is what, I, what I'm saying. A lot less more emotion and heart involved than, than we would be like with our girl or with our situations in regular ass wherever we live, world. You know, is regular fame people. that important? Damn. People, people, it must be, bro, because you get a taste of that. Everybody love me. It has to feel good. Damn. I, I get love in my every, every time I walk in. <laughs> every time I walk in, somebody, what up, killer? It's like, it's cool. Me, 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 me. But the days that I done maybe had too much to drink or not been adulting very well and uh, don't want to be seen by the masses, it's like, I don't want to be out with my mom and my grandmother and somebody, what up, killer? <laughs> Where the hoes? Like, you know, like, I, I don't know. Where the bitches at the night? Probably downtown. Sorry, it's my mom and grandma. How y'all doing? Like it, it's happened I, numerous times, and my family now, bro. It's so funny. My kids, I I, I used to wonder like, do they think dad's cool because people know me? Mm-hmm. Every time it happens, bro, I, I see this face of like, we gotta find the nearest bench to sit on while he has this conversation, right? And he gonna come back and might have a, a gig or might not, or he gonna want to <laughs> talk about it. And then it's like they they get so tired of waiting for dad to keep. Going where do we want to go? We're almost to the pretzels, and I gotta wait for dad to have a conversation with so and so about nothing. With these randos, <laughs> yeah. So I get a little love in Myers and Dayton. I know these cats is, is feeling themselves when everybody, every bad chick you look at is knows you too, and and wouldn't mind getting to know you. However, you want to get to know them. So it has to be tough, brother. It has to be. I mean, I'm just looking at it from the 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 Jordan girls' perspective, like. See, that's the part that she gets the right away of I'm being faded. And we've all have seen that girl that gets too faded. Right. But that show supposedly person you uh, have gotten to this point with. Yeah. Sisters. Dude, it's already been in the news for what you're trying to get off. Right. <laughs> right. I know. I know that much thought was never put into this. I know that. But then again, it might have been because. We talking about it, and what we talking about it means we own. There's a population of people that want to see it too, and right. want to read about it and subscribe to it, and so. Yeah, the ratings gonna be through real, the roof. Ratings gonna be through the roof, and man, I think I think that's what it's all about, man. It's about those those eyes on the TV set. It's about them being able to generate more revenue for their brand, mm-hmm. and it's crazy, but, man. We live in a society where fame is. More important than talent. And the part that makes me even think about it like that is if these are so-called best friends, Kylie and Jordan, Mm -hmm. you know, and they did this for their future investment in the Kardashian whatever brand, if that was really the case, like, are you really, like, my friend that I'll sit on the couch with when I'm the cameras and not in my face? Like, am I willing to risk all that? Just to stay irrelevant, you know, just to stay in the in the light and get this money. Like, is, is the money you have? Because Kylie get 
250k for fire fire festival. Man, these they, they out here <laughs> getting money tweet. for so tweets and she got gram to be posts. eating, bro. And it just it just makes you wonder like how how real is it? Because you know if that's really your friend, like you should be devastated. You lost your homie over something, but like that ain't really your pain. It wasn't your like your dude. Right. It was, it was just your sister, but. <laughs> Okay, so say say this they was both say it was sixty guys that we can name off. Say it, facts. If you add them all up together, say it was a <laughs> setup for 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 the show. How did the conversation go? Well, we got a weak link, and uh, someone's last name ain't Kardashian, so one of y'all gonna have to take this blow. And uh, we can't lose Kylie; she's eating right now. <laughs> Courtney's been through a lot. <laughs> Kim and Kanye got their own problems. Jordan, you're going to have to be the one that uh, we'll, we'll just talk to you on FaceTime for the next four months because you got to go. And they put her... They, the sacrificial yeah, lamb? Yeah, it has to be, bro, because it, don't, it, don't, it, don't, it doesn't add up in, unless people just really are out there with the, I do what the fuck I want. I'm rich, bitch. You know, that whole life. If they live like that for real, that's one thing, but... Nah, man. Well, my brother, before he officially decided to move to Vegas or whatever, he was just like on a whirlwind tour of just visiting cities. He visited Houston. He visited L.A. And uh, the biggest take back I got from him about L.A. is like, it just seemed fake. I was like, man, yeah. you just saying that because we from Ohio. We from the Midwest. Good old people here in the Midwest. Like, no, nah, it's just it's weird. It's like a weird type of thing that goes on. You don't know if people are genuinely saying hey what's up to you or are they running a game on you yes. or something like that so we probably got to get smoke on the pod to talk about that 100 because in, in the we'll add them up and say 40 days that i've spent in la in a week week and a half visits mm -hmm. um everybody especially in in the entertainment that i'm around with you may maybe going to the comedy club with tone mm -hmm. going to the you know the spot where we might have a booth or a section for us you know, everybody that's like trying to get in them ropes, do something. Right. Quote unquote. You know, they, this guy's graphics. This guy does, I work for uh, Ellen's show. I work, you know, not, everybody does something. Right. But really, everybody don't do nothing because <laughs> everybody out there trying to do something. And a lot of, a lot of that, you know, I, I've, I've seen it in, in people that like uh, Sydney, for instance. Mm hmm. I remember, like, when he was first kind of, like, new to the area from Houston area and uh, took a tone, took a liking to him, and they visited the same barbershop, and he had just gotten there and just kind of built this friendship organically. He was out here, like, you know, living with four other comedians that was chasing Ooh. the same dream, you know, out here shacked up trying to put figure out how you're going to put in his half of the bills, you know, so... It'd be like that for people, and then all of a sudden something changes, and he done got real cool with Marlon Wayans, and now that's his role to, like, work for real. He gets a lot of work working with Marlon and him and uh, Tony. <coughs> that's a lot of but people to be living at a he, spot, bro. Yeah. There's a lot of people in L.A. who shack up. The cost of living is, su is such a – like, L.A. will make you be on Skid Row if you ain't really out there trying to get it because the cost of living alone and uh, rent and daily necessities are through the roof, bro. Expensive. It's How it. much is a haircut in L.A.? We got to ask Smoke that, too. I want to say it's 35, 40. Yeah, because I'm in the process of uh, changing barbers. Yeah. <laughs> Mine went up to 25 in, in, in uh, 2019. They, they started going 25 in the city. 
It's a lot of money. Twenty five. I've been doing my research, so that is the common number I'm hearing is twenty five to thirty bucks right about now. I'm about to go dreads, bro. Oh, you, you see what I'm cracking? I got uh, three years of growth on the top, and uh, I get it faded when I got a DJ. <laughs> That's about it. Other than that, I'm rocking these ball caps. Hey, bro, 30 snaps. Yeah. So it's a major documentary about to come on tonight. Is it? Yes. I'm not hip. Michael Jackson. Oh, that's tonight? Yes. Oh, Lord. I like today's show talk, but I ain't going to like it tomorrow. Okay, so. I'm talking about all that. It's a two-night documentary. Comes on HBO. I'll be watching it on another device because I don't have HBO. Mm. But we won't say what that device is. Anyway. If you need to log in, holla at me. So this whole Finding Neverland documentary is going to air. Basically, it's about the two guys that were the leading people talking about being molested from Michael Jackson at the Neverland Ranch. Mm -hmm. And I am confused, torn. I'm not sure what to think about this whole situation because you don't want to ever have a situation where somebody – was molested, especially as a child, and they come out and talk about it, and people don't believe them, and the famous person gets away with it, so to speak, even though this famous person, in this case, is dead and gone. But I don't believe you can accuse somebody of something, the trial happens, then you say, nah, I was lying, I was a kid, my parents told me to say those things, and then years after this person is dead and gone, come back and say no nah, i was lying at court mm-hmm. when i was saying happened before trial was the truth in this documentary yeah so i can't be along the lines of the whole r kelly situation about mute michael jackson because i don't know what's true and i don't know what isn't true right and we only now that's why they always teach one of the things they teach i know in the military for sure but CCW classes, mm-hmm. if you're going to be willing to pull that gun and change someone's life, mm-hmm. you're best to have one story involved. Right. Because their story versus your story means court, then we got to figure it out. Right. When one person dies and you can say, he tried to break in my house and he was, you know, right. he looked where he's laying, he's in my door. You know? Right. Just, <laughs> I mean, yeah. just like the Trayvon Martin exactly. situation. We never got we a chance to hear Trayvon's side because yeah. he's not here. Exactly. So that's the part where... I can see a lot of the family's frustration, a lot of my frustration in this is like, well, you 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 can say these things now, and it's a family that didn't know how a person was living when that door locked, when that when that key is locked and they're not invited in. You mm-hmm. know, you might have we all thought or all had our little opinions about what could have been, but we went to court for that. Right. You got an opportunity to tell your truth. You decided that this bag must that must have been offered or something some something was more important than truth. Right. So now ain't the time for it if if you had the opportunity to do it. This is how I look at it. But cuz I one thing that sticks out in my head about this, I remember when they talked about it coming out, people were like leaving the pre, the screens like crying, like it was yeah. like it was like devastating the people that have seen this already. Right. So it, it sounds like it's going to be a tough watch. Yeah. To get through for the next two days. So yeah, that- I definitely. But what people have to keep in mind, like when you make a documentary, you're aiming for something. You you have an end goal. You're mm-hmm. trying to show this person in this light. Just like the Surviving R. Kelly documentary, um, they had some of the members of Public Announcement. Remember, there's R. Kelly and Public Announcement. 
they had some of the guys from public announcement. They interviewed some of them, but they didn't use their stuff because it wasn't for the end goal of the situation. They wanted it to be like, well, what girls did you see R. Kelly with? And the dude's like, well, honestly, we were with him so early on. Mm -hmm. Like, we really, it wasn't like that. It was like we were hired as, quote, unquote, background singers, and he would show up, At we would four. show up, yeah. we would perform, he would leave, we would leave. It wasn't like we were a group that came up together. We like, were riding into the... Like, in the... Our, our public announcement, we were a group, <laughs> and he was more like the feature act. He was yeah. a star, so like we didn't have that type of interaction that people perceived us to have. So there was no guys from public announcement featured in the whole documentary because it didn't reach the end goal. So mm. when people watch this documentary tonight... They're going to focus on the all the questionable things that we all have seen from Michael Jackson. They're going to show him a holding blanket yeah. over the edge and everything like that. They're going to show the crazy shit mm-hmm. that the, the quote-unquote wacko jacko right. situation. And yes, Michael Jackson was fucking out of his mind. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. He was out of his mind. Do I believe that he molested those kids? I don't believe that he molested those kids. Do I think he was in positions with those kids that is hella stupid yeah. for a grown-ass man. But do I believe that Michael Jackson was, like, a person that thought he was still a child? Like, oh, we're kids still. Let's just have fun. Yes. See, do I think he has a mental problem? Yeah. But do I think he was doing sexual things to those kids? I still don't believe that. Yeah. This is really going to be interesting how much of, if any, is the mental health topic going to come up. Because because. Mm. Especially for the black community, we have seen Joe Jackson in the in, in, in the movie put a hurting on all them Jackson boys, right? Why'd you make me laugh at that? Man? We we put, we have seen that. So we have seen, and we have all made our own conclusion as to what type of lifestyle he had as a child, mm-hmm. what type of uh, militant, strict. Disciplinary, don't mess up this spin or this moonwalk, or you're gonna beat the you know out of you. Mm-hmm. How much of that have we seen and and believe as truth towards a person that we like? Yeah, he just had you know, he just maybe was a kid inside and just loved being around the youth. You know, yeah. like, a lot of people feel that way about Mike. A lot of people feel like he maybe did cross that line. Oh, he definitely crossed the line. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But I don't know if he. I don't believe they crossed the line of. Molesting these little yeah. boys, and to, to put all that in, in a pile, and then R. Kelly, which all we know is music and his his obsession with youth. Mm-hmm. We, but we haven't seen an upbringing story aside right. from a, a, a doc that was told in one you know one narrative. So, right? Yeah, like that's a good that's a good it's, point. It's that's interesting good. to to see how people receive this in, in comparison to the two. But we got more meat on the bone with backstory and right. and, and, and and our own beliefs. That we do with R. Kelly, I, I, I feel so. right, and also, I I don't know, like, is this perjury? Can you can you later on say, oh yeah, the stuff that I said in court isn't true, and then on a documentary talk about like, yeah, this is what happened, even though you put your hand on the Bible and said, I'm gonna tell the truth, nothing yeah. but the whole truth. Like, can these yeah. can they be sued? Can they go to jail for this? Um, I also read that the Wade Robson kid. He um, was set to direct a Michael Jackson stage play, and they picked a different director, and then that's kind of like what snowballed this whole situation. Uh. 
And he also so we're not gonna get too much mental health love in this one. This is gonna be out for blood. It sounds like yeah, and it's also also he sold like I mean I get that that's not fair. I don't think it's necessarily fair to to wreck him for selling Michael Jackson memorabilia. Like hey man, you want to sell it? You want to get that money off? That's cool. Like I don't really see no problem with that. But I would see I do see a problem with if this person did all these hideous things to you that you want to honor him by. Um, directing a musical, and then when you don't get picked, like you want to start a documentary, yeah. like because there's reports that they did get paid or didn't get paid. But let's just say, for instance, they the guys didn't get paid for being a part of the documentary, like we just discussed with the whole Tristan Jordan <laughs> Chloe Jenner Kenner whatever the hell organization <laughs> fame. Is currency for money. Yeah. So, like, this whole thing is crazy. Most people that get in the news in the light of the Today Show talking about you, mm-hmm. you are now in a position to where someone is willing to pay you for more story. Exactly. No matter what outlet you choose, there's something out there for you to get some compensation in this. So a lot of the stuff that makes it through the ringers of getting selected to be on television, however that goes, um, they're out for more, for more income, more revenue off their product that they're putting out. At the end of the day, somebody making a movie to or a documentary to tell a story in the, in, in the light of I want this to be heard. Right. I want people that inquire about hearing it, I'll gladly tell you more. Right. So that's just the cycle of that, in my opinion. And yeah, they out, they want that. They want, yeah. They want something. <laughs> they want something. They want something. And I saw um, people going at HBO for airing the documentary. I don't have no problem with HBO airing the documentary. If they weren't going to air it, uh, another network it's, it's was going to air it. Ratings and yeah, all that like revenue. And yeah, it's business. Yeah, it's business. They're in it for the revenue. They're not the good guys like the Michael Jackson organization. Mm-hmm. They're there to get ratings yeah. and get viewership. And with people cutting the cord. They need to find every way to have subscribers to HBO. Exactly. So I don't have no problem with that. Yeah. I, I just I just don't know. I don't know how this whole situation is supposed to work. Like, So whenever there's a new documentary showing a famous person in a bad light, are we supposed to mute that person? And uh, yeah, see, so any, Our anything world is that becoming heard, yeah. very, uh, I want to touch it, feel it, taste it now. Yeah. You know? And anything that involves that, you know, I, I got to have it. I got to consume it because, you know, we, the pharmaceutical world is is, is such an, you know, we're, we're, I read an article, we're like three or four times higher than any other country in the world and and keeping ourselves with medications. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we pay so much for this stuff and we trying to mute this person and mute that person and, uh, so-and-so hit his wife. He needs to be fired. So-and-so. Mm-hmm. Like, we just we want to see we want to see it and touch it and feel it now. And without even thinking about it, everybody want to react. And Mob mentality. Yeah. Uh, you're going to end up muting your whole uh, CD book. <laughs> Goodwill is going to be jumping with some CDs in a couple years. But uh, it ain't always about that. People, people are so quick to do that, but then they're quick to say you need a second chance. You're quick to say, you know, you deserve, uh, you had a bad thing happen to you, you deserve some good. You know, everybody has all these things to say, but then it's, but you got to go through this laugh first. We all got to stare oh, yeah. at you first. So. Yeah, we definitely let them jokes off because you already know the memes is locked <sighs> oh, and loaded man. tonight. Oh, oh, it's going to be, 
I'm tuned into that. I'm tuned into the to the main. I'm definitely gonna watch. I, I was debating. The wife was saying she's not. Um, oh, I'm watching for sure. I'm definitely want to see just because uh, what you don't know, you can't really uh, Talk form about an it. opinion and yeah. uh, have and be one sided on without seeing what the product was. So, it, I I'm not looking forward to it being Mike in a bad light because for again, our generation is gonna fall victim. I think to technology on that end too. Mm-hmm. We're gonna fall victim to. Things that we admired, things that we loved as a kid, things that we thought was right or the way or good for us. We're going to learn in our lifetimes that uh, it always wasn't what it was, you know, presented as or it wasn't uh, it didn't always come in good intention. So, yes, uh, what's it's another saying that goes around, like, don't meet your heroes. Yeah. Like, you know. If your hero's an asshole, then what? Like, Mm -hmm. oh, man, you're crushed. Like, uh, I remember. That story about Chameleon there paid a lot of money at a Michael Jordan auction and MJ was an asshole to him. Like, so, like, could you imagine? Right. You were like, waiting your you, whole, whole life, life to meet Michael Air Jordan and he's a fucking asshole. I think about that all the time. Like, if I ever had the money, uh, like a big one of my money, what's the one thing I really would want to do? And all I can ever picture is I want to I want to see a Tiger play 18 holes with me. But then I could I could fuck around and he in the cart on the other side of the fairway the whole time and we ain't even talking. I'm just riding along looking at Tiger Woods playing. Right. Golf. Like you know what I'm saying? You it, it, it could be that, but you envision it being like, tell me that one story you told nobody. Right. <laughs> Let me know something good. Exactly. So, exactly. We yeah. all we all want that if we meet our heroes, we want it to be like almost like the the perfect day. It's almost like make a wish without the yeah. sickness, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Car- like, carpool karaoke without the music. Let yeah, me just ride just and chop it up. a good time, chopping it up, going to get a couple beers, some wings, and just them telling you all these great stories mm-hmm. that they've been through. But, you know, what if they're an asshole? Yeah, what if they got a migraine that day? What if they just lost a loved one? What yeah. If, you know, what if life hit them in the face that morning? Yeah, because yeah. that's, that's what us as regular people fail to realize. Mm-hmm. They're, they're people, too, and they go through tons and tons and tons of shit. Hell yeah. And, and, you know, they always got people tugging on them. Like, they want to meet them because mm-hmm. they are who they are. Tony uh, Tony Rock loves Roscoe's in L.A. He goes there very, very, very seldomly because it's a spectacle every time he opens that door because mm. everybody knows Tony Rock in L.A. So he got DoorDash. He got to, exactly. <laughs> he got to, he got to find other ways to get it. Uh, a smoke, when you leave a shot, you mind pulling up on me with that Roscoe's, I'll pay for yours too. You know, like he got to find ways to get those type of things because I've, I've seen him try to, you know, I've been out with him in the Chicago. He just wasn't having a good week. I could just tell he wasn't vibing the same. And uh, he was just, he like got us to the club, got us situated. And we like, where the hell Tom go? Like, he like dipped. Uber back to the road, like just not wanting to be a part of that, mm-hmm. and um, just chopping it up with him over time. Like it's hard for them to have a bad day, yeah. Because when when we, as people that just work nine to fives and uh, not living for the purpose of entertainment, um, people always want to be like, like you said, they want to meet you. I want to touch you. I want to get that picture. Like make me laugh. Yeah, right now. <laughs> and uh, he deals with that so much, man. That like sometimes they don't want to do a show. They want to go get paid. They want to go sit on the couch. I got bubble guts from drinking last night. I drank uh. too hard, and someone's like, "They have the day. They ain't trying to mingle." So yeah. it's it's interesting to hear some of like their complaints, and I say they're in the sense of famous people. Yeah. You know, just so what what gets under their skin? Like 
we'll be like, man, fuck all that. I, if I'm rich, I'll I take every picture, sign yeah. every autograph. Like Easy to say. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's got to be hard to be, quote unquote, on all the time. Yeah, never allowed to be off. And even and, and when you're off, it equals TMZ off. So now yeah. your mama done heard about it in, in, in uh, the, the shop's paper because Miss Carol said she heard your son got in trouble. Yeah. You, you wasn't even hip. Yeah. You know, like, it's, the only place you can be off is in your own house. And yeah, maybe you feel like, like that, you that's said, why uh Tyrese got a Benny Hanna in his in his house. You mm-hmm. know, he got he got a uh Jamie Foxx, I believe, has like a Starbucks type of setup. Like they they bring what they want and desire to them because they financially can. But for two, it's real hard to go to the Starbucks on Main, you know, <laughs> and, and, and wiggle in, wiggle out like everybody else trying to do. Like that's gonna turn into a Dave Chappelle, when he steps out, you know, he's always – I've seen him more times than not, and I, I know him to say hi to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've had numerous conversations, and every time I, I, I do it, I feel like I'm doing too much just saying hi, and I'd be like – I know. He'd be like, I know. I met you through Tony because I've said it like six times to him now when I come up to him. <laughs> so he knows my face now to be like, I met you through Tony Rock. He does so. <laughs> and I'll be like, I know you probably meet a lot of people, but I met you. Like, I know who you are, damn it. I know who you is, Let's take this picture. That's right, funny. Right, That's funny. Yeah. Well, there it is. Another episode. You can't make this up podcast. Kev Nash. DJ Killer Kev. We out till next week. Peace. I'm back to work. <laughs> <laughs>